Hi, welcome to On Demand. I'm glad you're with me. This is Pastor Rick. You know, I am thrilled about this series. It's about finding direction during painful seasons. How in the world do you find direction in your life? Well, I'll tell you, this is going to help you with that whole discussion. A lot of people are not good at managing pain. The guy we're going to look at today, his name is Job. He shows us how to manage seasons of difficulty with grace and wisdom. And so you stay with me today as we plow through this study. You want to get your Bible open, get ready for a great journey. Open to the book of Job and let's get to it. Not Job. I said Job. That's right. J-O-B. Job. That's his name. It's going to be great. Stay right there. Enjoy today's message. I'll be back to pray with you at the end. How do you deal with the coronavirus and going back to school? Well, it's tough when you have the coronavirus issue and you're trying to go back to school. It's, it's very difficult. Um, and I, I, my answer to that would be simply, if you're going to go back to school, you go back to school carefully. You, you can't just reach and launch into it without thought. You need to have a mask. You need to make sure that you're social distanced. And you need to, if you're in a, inside of a room, uh, a small room, which most classrooms are relatively small, uh, you, you really want to be distanced. And if you're going to go back, you got to go back carefully. You can't just go back and act like nothing's wrong and, and just hang out with people as if nothing's wrong. I think that's a mistake. So if my answer would be go back carefully. How do you manage the fear of dying from the coronavirus? Well, if you're afraid of contracting the virus, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to be the person who's going around thinking that fear helps you. Fear does not help you. Being afraid of a fight, if you're in the ring, doesn't mean you are better off because you're still going to get beat up because you're in the ring. So if you have to deal with the virus, it's not going away in the next few weeks, then you have to make a decision to not be afraid. Fear doesn't help you. You have to look at it, put your mask on, wash your hands. It does not have hands and feet. It, it, can't, it can't fly into you. You have to touch your face. You have to allow someone to breathe in, uh, in, in your face in some way for it to get into your lungs and infect you. And so the issue is making sure you wash your hands, making sure you wear a mask, making sure you social distance. That's going to be your best way, not fear, to deal with this virus. Hi, Pastor Rick. My name is Alana. One of my questions for Fifth Sunday is that some people are saying this is the end of the world because of Corona and everything else that's going on. What are your thoughts about this? Well, if you're in this season, you're in it and you can't run from it. And what you have to do is you have to decide to live. You, you can't be afraid. If you allow yourself to be intimidated by this and if you allow yourself to be dominated by it, you're never going to get free. You have to decide to live, you know, and as a lady once, I, I love the story. She was she had cancer and she got some bad, bad reports and she was really depressed. And she used to go to the mailbox every morning. That was her routine, you know, get her mail or, you know, get her paper. And she was sitting there thinking uh, about how this, you know, how bad this report was. And the thought came to her, are you going to die today? And she said, no. Well, go get your paper. Go get your go get your your your, your mail. Don't sit here today and dwell on it. Live. You have to live. You can't allow yourself to be dominated by fear. Hey, Pastor Rick, I have a question for you. Why would God allow the virus to come into our world? Well, you know, that's a great question. Why would God allow the virus to come into the world? 
Now, I, I want to I jot it down and answer to this because I really want you to hear, and I'm going to put this on the screen. I want you to hear my answer because this is really important because there are a lot of people that are wondering how this could happen. So here's my answer. I want you to look. Here's my answer. Ready? Here, put it on the screen for you. The answer is no. God did not allow the virus. Man created an environment where it could come into the world and spread. In Genesis 2.15, God told Adam and Eve to tend the garden. Now, now track with me for a second. We are stewards of the world. It is believed that the virus came into the world because of some actions that happened where man interacted with a bat, some say, and that the bat infected the man, bit the man. I don't know how it happened. One day we'll find out. But however it happened, it moved from, the, from one species to another. And, and then once the person had it, uh, they became infected, eventually died. But by, before they died, they infected other people. And so it spread around the world. Um, now, this is, to me, an important thing to understand. We are stewards of the environment and the world. However we got here, I think that we, we have to band together to solve these problems. So to assume that God somehow sent the virus. Now, there are, you know, there are stories in the Bible about plagues and all of that, but I don't believe in this case, from what I understand, that this is necessarily a plague sent by God. So I want to say, no, I don't believe that. I, I believe that this is one of those moments where we have to be good stewards. And I think the spreading of it um, is, is not being managed in a way that has helped the world, especially in our country. We've, we've not done a good job. Uh, and I, you can argue whatever side you want to. When this many people die, we can't pat ourselves on the back. We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to band together. We have to all wear masks, wash our hands, and do our best to not spread it. And I think this is true for the flu. This is true for any other disease, even though this is not the flu. This is a serious can kill you virus that you need to respect and understand. So, no, I don't believe that this is somehow sent by God. I think this is a mismanagement of our own world. I love the verse where Adam was told to tend the garden. He, his job was to take care of the garden. We're supposed to take care of the planet, take care of the earth. And so that's my answer to that. Pastor Rick, is the virus a punishment from God because we have been disobedient or bad? Again, is this a punishment of God, you know, uh, that sent somehow to punish us because we're disobedient? Uh, I, I'm going to put my answer up again. I want, cause I, these are answers I want you to, to take note of. These are things I want you to think about. I don't believe that this virus is necessarily sent by God, but I believe it's being used by God. He takes the moments we're in to expose us, to elevate us, to relaunch us, and to restore there have been some elements in this season that have taught us about ourselves. We have found ourselves being elevated, uh, exposed. We've been made to see things we didn't see about ourselves, about our money, about all the things around us. And so I think the best thing to do is to take this moment and respond to it with faith and confidence and not allow yourself to be dominated with fear. Do the people that died from the virus go to heaven because they were victims? Do we go to heaven because we die of the virus? Wow, <laughs> great question. No, we don't get to go to heaven for that reason. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says you're saved by grace through faith, not of works. It's not about you uh, doing something grand and spiritual 
uh, that gets you to go in the heaven's gates. It's, it's because Jesus died on the cross. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is clear. It's not by works. It's, it's, it's by faith. And so your faith in Christ and surrendering to his him and and acknowledging your need for God in your life. That's where it starts. Uh, so, no, you don't get to go to heaven because you have coronavirus. Pastor Rick, what can I do if my family is struggling to eat because of the virus? Wow, what a question. What do you do if your family is struggling because of the virus? Well, it is a challenge um, for a lot of people. Uh, but my goal, my, my answer would be simply reach out for help. Reach out for help. If you're struggling with this, uh, don't be too proud to pick up the phone, reach out to some of the organizations that provide support. And um, I am just confident that you'll find help. And I pray you do. And I just, I just want to pray for you right now. Those of you that have gone through challenges with this virus, you, you've gone through financial challenges, you've gone through illnesses, let me pray with you before I share a message with you that I think will change your life. Let's pray first. Father, all these questions about the virus, all these questions that people have asked, I pray that these young people have asked great questions, and I pray that you'd help every family, uh, many of which I know who have caught the virus, who've, who are recovering from it, and who are going through a hard time. I pray for healing, and I pray for grace, and I pray that you would give them the strength to rise above it in the name of Jesus and I, I want to also pray for those who have lost loved ones to it, that you give them the strength to move on to the next phase of their life, believing that God's hand is on them. And I pray, God, that our nation would rise up in a new, with a new fire and passion to confront this challenge together and not divided. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now it's time to turn uh, to another part of our, our study together today. Uh, Q&A has always been fun for me. It's always been exciting to see young people come forward and ask great questions like that. And I hope the answer to those questions helped you just a little bit. But now I want to turn to a message that I've been thinking about and praying about for a while. It's one that I believe will help you in your life. Today we're going to turn to a Bible story. And my goal is to show you how God can take your life and give you a brand new direction when you're facing challenging seasons. Our study is going to be about Job today. So get your Bible open to Job chapter 1 and let's get to it. In Job chapter 1, there is a story about a man who faced some really difficult times. He had his own physical challenges. It wasn't the coronavirus, but it was something else that was incredibly challenging for him that was totally unexpected. One of the things I like about the story of Job is he shows us how to manage moments that are painful and that are difficult that we never expected. And some of you are dealing with that right now. This season of your life, you're managing a, an unexpected challenge that's overwhelming. You're trying to be calm, you're trying to be cool, you're trying to be collected, but this is really about to get some of you drowned in grief and sorrow. I wanna show you a text and I want to read it first, and then I want to come back, and I just want to show you how he managed this difficult season and what we can learn from a guy's life. And sometimes it's just good to look at another person and watch how they did it. Job chapter 1, look at me, please, verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. And watch this, he had seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 
500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east, and his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Then, verse 5, so it was that when the days of feasting had run, had run their course, that Job would sin and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now, I find this to be an incredible story because it shows the the, the power of a father who would pray for his children. He would pray and say, oh, God, <laughs> help my children. He was involved in their lives. And this is a guy who is, he's a model of a person who's, who's prosperous. He lives in peace and he has favor. So he has three things. He has peace, prosperity, and favor in his life. Peace, prosperity, and favor. This is a guy who's, who's living the life. And his children are a big part of his life. And what's amazing is, I, I, I'm on to note that he... He was the kind of guy who, there are three things that stand out to me about him, okay? Three things, important. Number one, he, he kept up with his, his property, his data, his, he was an entrepreneur. This was a guy that was, he knew, he, I, he knew how much stuff he had. He was an entrepreneur. He was incredible. He was incredible. A model of a business guy. So if you want to look at a good entrepreneur, this is the guy. Secondly, he was involved in his kids' lives. He was involved. He would interact with them, talk with them, help them. He was the daddy who was present. Thirdly, he interceded for his children. I love that. He would, when they got together, he said, I better, I better take me some sacrifices. <laughs> and back then, they would kill an animal to offer sacrifice for their children to say, Lord, forgive my son. I pray he's not done anything wrong. This was a godly man. He prayed. He cared, but in the middle of that, all of a sudden, it all changed. And now, what's really unique is the way the Bible describes this. The Bible says the change started in heaven, that God had a conversation. It's a fascinating story. And in the conversation was with Satan, it said. Now, this is a unique story that says, basically, there's this exchange where it shows you sort of how some things work, how God allows some challenges to come into our lives because he knows we'll be fine. And there's something that he declares, his glory is seen in our ability to rise above the challenges we face. So let me be clear about this. You're going to face painful seasons. And some of those seasons are allowed by God. He allows you to go through it. And in the midst of you going through it, your strength brings glory to his name. You rise above the, the sickness. You rise above the issues. And so there's this conversation, and I want to show you how it goes. Look at chapter 2 of the book of Job. It's fascinating. Chapter, sorry, chapter 1. Let me get this right, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came to, among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Satan answered, The Lord said, From going to and fro in the earth on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? 
that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and he ignores evil. Now, this is one of those conversations where, you know, the, the Lord and, and Satan are talking and basically the, the, he comes back at the Lord and says, well, the only reason he's serving you is because you protected him. He's got hedge around him. And if, if he didn't have all that stuff, if he wasn't as prosperous as he is, he wouldn't serve you. And so what the Lord says is, well, I'll tell you what, you, you can take everything he has. Take all of his stuff. Now, that's a moment. He allows him to go through a time of need and challenge. I, he doesn't stop it. He allows it to happen. And what's amazing is Job shines in the middle of it. Now I want to read to you what he went through. And I want you to think with me for a second. If God were to allow you to not have the job you have, if you were to not have the home you have, if you were not to have the opportunity you have, would you just fall apart? Listen to this story. It's absolutely amazing what happens in this guy's life and how he responds. Look at chapter 1, verse 13. Now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And a message came to Job and said, a messenger came, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 16, and while he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. Lightning struck and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 17, and while he was still speaking, another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 18 gets more, more difficult. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in the older brother's house. And suddenly a great wind, like a tornado, I guess, came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are all dead. And I alone have came. Wow. Wow, to tell you about it. Man, just pause for a moment. Have you ever been overrun by a series of trials and difficulties? Have you ever had a moment in your life when it just kept on coming? I mean, from the left and from the right, coming from the bottom and bottom and the top. I mean, it was flowing all over you and, and you, you can't even explain it. You can't explain you, okay, well, so what did you say? Time you hear the first thing, you know, so they, they kill all my sheep, all my donkeys, what happened? Yo, okay, so my kids were all in one house at the older brother's house and, and, and a hurricane, tornado, a wind from the wilderness came and knocked the house down. What, what in the world, what in the world, have you ever had a what in the world moment? Maybe you're in one right now. What in the world is this isolation and, and COVID and, and what is this? Your, your fever, sickness, loss of mama, loss of daddy in the same week. Help me, God. Losing my mind. They told me I got, I, I got Alzheimer's. They told me I, I'm not going to remember stuff. You are in the middle of a business crisis. Your business is not making the money you used to make. You don't have the same advantage you used to have. And it is scary. And it is. What do you do? I don't know what you do. Let me show you what he did. I don't know. If, let me read verse 21 to you. 
You ready? Naked, he was verse 20. Then Job arose, verse 20, tore his clothes, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and he worshiped. Mm, good God Almighty. Who is this guy? You just lost everything. Your children, your house, and some of you, you about to fall apart over the loss of a job. All you did was lose that job that wasn't paying you that much in the first place. I mean, I want you to understand, they took your car, but it was raggedy. It won't hardly go. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not saying you shouldn't care about it. I'm saying this dude lost everything. Everything. Mm. What, what do you do when you lose everything? Are you that kind of person? Or is it true what Satan said about Job? No, he lied on him and said that he wouldn't serve you, Lord. If you, if you took everything from him, he wouldn't serve you. Is that true of you? Would you are you falling apart because your husband left you? Because your wife left? Because your marriage didn't work out? Because your children are not doing right? Are you falling apart because a few things have gone wrong? Or maybe a lot of things have gone wrong? This brother shaved his head. That's a sign of, of humility. He shaved his head a sign of grief. He said, I'm grieved now. I want you to know I feel bad about everything I've lost. I'm not, I'm not pretending. And that's, that's, that's another thing. Don't be faking. If you're hurting, you're hurting. 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 Get it out. Hurting. Try to talk right here. Been to college. I should speak, speak more clearly. <laughs> You've been, you're hurting. You're hurting. You're hurting. But if you're hurting... And it is not fair. And it is painful. This is a painful season. Oh, listen to what Job did. This is verse 21. Oh boy. Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job did not charge God with wrong. Wow. He didn't blame God. Now, now, you know, some of you are doing that. I don't know why I'm in this situation. I prayed and asked God. I don't know why I'm having this challenge. I prayed and asked God. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, I, I agree. I understand. But he, he, he said, I'm, I don't always get to know why. Why my mama died suddenly. Within 90 days. I can guess. That's my story, by the way. Got a call in Hawaii. Within 90 days. See, you have to know all the answers. God has to sit down and explain every detail to you. Are you going to have an attitude? Because everything ain't right. I don't know if you realize it or not. Your life ain't permanent here. Excuse my grandma. It ain't, it ain't permanent. You understand that you have a moment in life and time. You have a snapshot opportunity here. You, you, you're not always. Here, here's a guy. Listen, listen, let me give you a list of things this guy went through. Watch this now. This is what I call seven tough lessons, seasons that Job had to manage. Seven of them. Seven. First of all, his family was killed in a tornado-like event. Wind came, blew the house down. Number two, his, his livelihood was, was, was attacked. Took all of his stuff. Thirdly, his health was attacked. Fourthly, his marriage relationship, if you read the story in chapter two, it's amazing. His wife starts saying stuff to him. I'm reading the verse in a minute. Then, then watch this now. His self-confidence was attacked by his wife. Chapter two, verse nine. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? 
curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept God from accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? And all this in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. His wife was upset because in chapter two of Job, he got these big boils on him. His body broke out. The Lord allowed him to get physically challenged. That's right. He didn't stop it. There's another conversation the Bible said happened in heaven. And the devil came back and said, well, if he gets sick, you know, I know you took all of his stuff, you know, but you, you take the heads from around him. And, and if he gets ill, he'll fall apart. Now, for some of us, that's the truth. You were fine as long as your stuff was gone. But now you got a physical challenge. Because you plan on living here forever. I understand nobody wants to be sick. But if you're not careful, the sickness will make you lose your faith. But not Job. He was the same. His wife said, you need to curse your God and, and die. Go kill yourself. She lost her mind for a minute. Because sometimes, you know, when you're going through something, you're not the only one grieved. The people around you are grieved. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's hurting with you. And if you're not careful, you make it hard for them. Don't be a mean, sick person. Stop, stop fussing at people trying to help you. If you land there and you, you can't help yourself, please think about their side for a minute. And then later on in, in Job, you read on, he had some friendship issues. His friends betrayed him. They attacked him. You must have done something wrong, Job. You wouldn't be going through all this if you hadn't sinned. And then lastly, his dreams for the future were all attacked. His friendship, relationship, all the things I just said, all of this attacked. Wow. <laughs> but what's amazing is it all changes. You know, one thing that I love about the story of Job is what happens in the end. See, if you hang around long enough, he'll get you there. And he'll get you there. And so in Job chapter 42, let me read it to you. This is what I call Job's season of deliverance. You may have a season of challenge, but there's a season of deliverance. Listen to what it said. Verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Verse 13. He also had seven, seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of his sons, and he named all of these sons. And, and the Bible said, verse 15, and all the land were formed, was found no women to, to be more beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them, the girls, an inheritance among their brothers. Now, I skipped over a little bit there, but I want you to see, I want to get to that part where he said he had some beautiful daughters. God gave him seven more children. And, and I assume his wife got to see the redemption because she's not replaced in the story. Sometimes you got kind of frustrated during a trial season but God redeemed you and your husband. So now Job's wife got seven more children. And watch this. Job ended up living, some say, almost 200 years. And I love this part, verse 16. After Job lived, after all of this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for, for four generations. So Job died and all full of days. Wow. <laughs> he lived 
140 years beyond his trial. Some say his trial lasted about a year, but he lived 140 years. You may be going through something, but I'm telling you, your latter days can be better than this. Oh, man, this can be in your rearview mirror one day. You won't even remember what happened. You have to go, did, oh, that did happen to me. I can't believe that. You have to look in the rearview mirror to find it. It's so, God will give you victory. God will give you peace. God will give you friends. God will bring love into your life. God will bring prosperity back. God will give you a better job. God will give you, God will lift you above today. Don't you allow yourself to believe that you can't get free. You can be free and you can rise above this. Oh, man. Watch God move. Watch Job rise and watch yourself. Watch yourself. Let me pray for you today. Let me get you to join me in prayer. Let's let's get God, uh, God's word wrapped around your circumstance today. And let's believe that just like in Job's life, it wasn't over. This is just a year. But there's, a, there's some years a blessing coming beyond this season. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone today who's been touched by this. May, may they be lifted. May they be inspired. May, may the Holy Spirit take this moment and guide them to a new place. And Father, I thank you. And Father, I praise you. And Father, I believe that they heard a truth that liberated them today. And I pray this is the beginning of a new life and a new set of faith, a new, a new whole new attitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you for being with me today. I, I pray you were inspired. I pray that this lifted your spirit. I've got a really cool message I want to talk about next week. I can't wait. It's a brand new series, and it's called The Liberating Power of Truth. I'm about to take you on a journey where we're going to talk about truth, and we're going to talk about how truth can transform your life. And let me give you a truth before I go any further. Some of you, the truth is you need Jesus in your life. Some of you, the truth is you need, to, you need to realize that right now, in the midst of this season, it's the best time for you to pause and look at your walk with God. Let me pray for you. Some of you that are just, you know, Pastor, you need to pray for me. I, I need God in my life. And I want, you to, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Father, let this be the moment where they say, Jesus, come into my life. God, I need to acknowledge my, my lost condition and I need your forgiveness. Father, let this be the transforming moment where I will never be the same. And I thank you for your forgiveness. I come by faith, believing that you love me right where I am in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me and you, and you, you want to say, Pastor, I, I, really, I really mean this. There's a couple of things I want you to consider. One, on some of you right now, you're watching on a device where you have the option to raise your hand. And if you do, raise your hand, okay, and, and, and say, yeah, I, I want to give Jesus my life. I, I do. If you're in one of those devices where that's possible, that simply says, yes, I raise my hand, Pastor. I want to give my life to Jesus. A lot of people raise their hand. It's really great. So you do that if you're watching on a device that allows that. Secondly, if you right now are, are not and you say, I just want to email you and acknowledge that I gave Jesus my life and I want you to pray for me, simply email me at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. I hope you have enjoyed today. I hope you would please make sure you stay with us. I want to thank all of you for your support. Thank you for being a part of our family. And again, well, I pray you're blessed by today's message and I pray you learned something that God does come through. In the very end of Job's life, it all came together. God gave him back everything, kids, supplies, money, everything he needed. 
He restored it. And I believe he's a God who restores. And I want to pray for you that God can restore your life. It gives hope and hopefully faith to some of you that are struggling right now. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those today who are going through a hard time. I pray you'd guide them through this season. And I pray that they would feel your presence and that they would know that God is able to give them strength. I thank you for the opportunity to share with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you for being with me today here on Demand. I pray you were blessed and I hope you tell a friend, link the message if it helped you and send it to a friend and say, hey, you need to hear this. And then I pray they'd link it and send it to a friend. Just spread the word. It's all for free. And I hope that you also take advantage of all of our online stuff. We've got a lot of online stuff that you can take advantage of. that would be a blessing to you. So I'll see you next time. You have a great day. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I pastor Overcoming, Overcoming by Faith. And you get it out right here in Savannah, Georgia. Have a great day. Bye-bye.